Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. At this point in my life, if someone asked me what I do for a living, I would say, I update my passwords. That's what I do. That's my full-time job. Well, it's not a full-time job. It's like, it's a part-time job. And by part-time, I mean, I do it three quarters of my day. And the other quarter, I do whatever else it is that I do. But really, if I were to be completely honest about my career, I am a professional password updater. In fact, if I got business cards, they'd say CEO of changing my fucking password. That's what they'd say. I hate my job and I'm ready to quit. I literally had the same password for like 15 years. And then I don't know what happened. Websites started to get really bossy about what you could and couldn't use. So suddenly it was like, now you have to add a number. Now you have to add a capital. Now you have to donate an organ. Oh, you need an explanation mark. I literally, you guys, I have run out of passwords because they also tell you, you can't use the same password if you used it within the year. It's my password. Why? I don't tell me what password I could use. I used it already this year. I clicked forgot password because I've changed it so many times. And obviously it's going to be something that I remember. And that's why I've chosen the same password. It's simple. Why are you telling me I can't use the same password that I used earlier this year? Oh, and my new favorite, this just happened the other day. I can't use like a double letter. So like if you want to say Staten Island Ferry is your password, guess what? Can't do it. Two R's in a row. That's the new thing. So if your password uses the word Harry, this is your unlucky day. They have so many rules. It's like have three underscores. Don't tell us where they are. In fact, have a magician change your password. I feel like next up, they're going to make you do a voice password, like a mem- voice memo, but you're going to have to sing a song and it can't be an existing song. You have to make it up. And then you have to remember it every time and sing it the exact right pitch. And also soon you're not going to be able to use your finger for ID, like hold down your finger because you've already used that fingerprint before. So they're going to require you to start killing people and, or at least chopping off their fingers and using their fingers to get into your phone because you're going to have to go through like 400 fingers a year. I mean, you only have 10. So if you can't, if you run out of those 10, obviously you're going to have to use other people's fingers. I literally stare into the abyss thinking up passwords because I have run out of material. I have. If I matched with you on Bumble one time and we didn't even email each other, my password that day might've been Rob from Bumble. It might've been Tom from Bumble. Eric from Hinge. Because I know it's like just as disposable as those matches are, so are the passwords, you guys. The other day, someone gave me a tip and they're like, oh, there's this great app. You download this app and it keeps charge of all your passwords. Ready for this? He said, you have to enter them all in a spreadsheet. What? Do you think I'm H&R Block? Like I'm going to spend the entire day making a spreadsheet of my passwords, which by the way, I don't even remember them. I don't know my passwords. I certainly am not going to rattle them off into a spreadsheet. I need a website that tells me 62 times that every try that I've had so far is wrong. That's what I need. A a spreadsheet's not going to know I was wrong. It's going to take me at my word. It's not going to know that I I was really a capital or or an exclamation mark and not a question mark. Anyway, I'm tired of it. At this point, it should just be a free-for-all. You want to watch your show using my Netflix account? Go for it.
Hell, I'll even buy you something on Amazon Prime. I just don't want to have to change my password ever again. I'm kind of obsessed with humans, human behavior, and the things we do all day, every day that we're not even paying attention to. In fact, I find it kind of hilarious. So much so, I even made a show about it, and it's called Social Studies. I'm your host, Jenna Kingsley. Let's get started with today's episode. You guys, I'm absolutely freaking out about my guest today. She is one of my favorite comics. You might have seen her on Leno, Fallon. She has an hour-long special on Comedy Central called Talking to Myself. She has two podcasts, Relatively Sane and Disgusting Hawk. And now she has executive produced an unbelievable documentary uh, for FX, which you could watch on Hulu called Hysterical Please welcome one of my favorite comics, Jessica Curson. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I adore you. I don't even know you really. Aww. I mean, we know each other through social media, but you're it's you're very familiar to me. Like we grew up together. Totally, totally. Something I want to mention about you, Jessica, they always put you up last in the lineup, right? No one can go after you. It's impossible. Well, they'll put up like maybe Dave Attell after me, certain people, but because he doesn't care about following me. But a lot of the guys complain about following me. You cannot go up after Jessica. She destroys the room in the best possible way. People are like left without limbs because they're laughing so hard. They're like bleeding out of their eyeballs. And one of the last shows I ever did, Adele, the manager at the stand, came up to me and said, do you mind if I stick her up right before you? Because she has to make her next spot. (laughs) And I was like, "Um, sure, of course. What am I going to say? And then (laughs) I was like, should I feign illness? Like, should I pretend that I'm sick? (laughs) I was terrified. And then I bombed. Uh. (laughs) Okay. So I wanted to have you on because you are my favorite comic, as I mentioned. But in the time that I wanted to interview you, from the time I set up the interview to now, a lot has happened. First of all, you found yourself front and center embroiled in a royal scandal. Which scandal? The Meghan Markle. Oh, I do. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, so now I have a question. I have a question for you. Yeah. Of all the things you've done, how did it feel when you realized your tweet had gone severely viral? I was so surprised. I mean, you just tweet and you don't expect, I expected people to like it or retweet it, but I was like, what is going on? No, I did not expect that at all. Uh, So the story goes, Bethany had tweeted something about Meghan Markle that was unkind. Mm -hmm. And Jessica, do you remember your tweet? Now at this point, I'm sure verbatim, tweeted at Bethany. What was your tweet, Jessica? I don't know verbatim, but I was basically like, you know, I did warm up, which is when you warm up the audience for a live show, talk show. And I did it for a lot of shows like The View, Anderson Cooper, this show called Mike and Juliet. And I did it for her show. And every show I did it for, people were nice. And she didn't, you know, she never said hi to me. She treated me like just a worker, like the help, 
you know, I grew up going to country clubs where women would yell, where's the help? Where's the girl? Where It's like, it's horrible. 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 So I would always say to the waitresses, like, do you want some of my food? Can I get you anything? Like, I was mortified. And <laughs> she, she treated me like that. And I would go every morning at like six in the morning and she would just not say hi to me. And she'd be like, can you get them more excited? And I'm like, hello, do you want to at least say hi? Like I've been doing this for years. I'm a professional comedian. And I just felt like, you know, like a monkey, like just. (laughs) So um, she was just rude to me one day and I just had it. And I, I think I was burnt out from doing warm up also because I was doing stand up at night and doing that every morning. And I just put the mic down and I said, I'm done. I just walked off. Good for you. Okay. So you tweeted at Bethany that you were a comic on her show and she was nasty to you. And now the news picks it up. Yeah. And I was dying because it was like the night of the interview. Right. And all the headlines, I see Jessica Kirsten, Megan Markle. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, what? What is going on? I know. <laughs> and then so, I got messages like from Chrissy Teigen and <gasps> all these people. And I was like, I know no one knew about that. And I was like, what is going on? Like, this is insane. Insane. But they all, you know, they all were like, a lot of them were like, I'm so glad you said that. And Jessica also has a podcast, Relatively Sane, that is phenomenal. My son and I listen all the time in the car. Uh, You guys, she interviews some of the greatest stand-up comics ever, but my favorite is always your open. Um, (laughs) It is, I swear. You told a story once about performing in Israel Mm -hmm. and the question and answer section afterwards with the old people. I don't even remember saying, like, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember what I said. It might not have been Israel. I might be rewriting the story for you. No, it might be. I did do Q&As in Israel, so it probably was Okay, so you talk about them being like, oh, you're so pretty, you're such a pretty girl if you just lost the weight or whatever it was (laughs) that they were saying. And I don't want to kill it and make the voices, which you're so incredible at making. Yeah, they always say stuff. Like, they, they say whatever they want. They whatever um, they want. Basically, you're going to get abused at the show <laughs> and you just do it because it's that you make a lot of money. Like I would never do it if they weren't paying me a lot, but they'll, you know, they'll say, uh, you know, you can't make it meet a nice man. You can't, you, you have such a pretty <laughs> face. You don't want to lose the rest of the weight. You want to waste the face. I am Jewish. I grew up with Jewish grandparents who, yeah. by the way, were from Brooklyn, moved to Boca. Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up going to Boca every winter. That's where my grandmother lived. Yeah, exactly. And I love everything you do with your mother because your mother and my mother are like the same Jewish mother. This is something that is so relatable to me with the the grandparents because when I got married, I got black and white photos because at the time that was trendy. It was like in 1910. So so I get these black and white photos and my grandparents who were living in Boca ask for the pictures and I send them the black and white photos. And they called me and they were like, it's embarrassing. We can't show these at the pool. Everything took place at the pool, at the pool. <laughs> they thought, so we, they, I was like, what do you mean you can't show them at the pool? They're like, they're, they're not color. Like they thought <laughs> that I was like a pauper and hired someone to like engrave the pictures out of stone. I and know. I couldn't afford like color film. I, and I was like, I was like, it's the style. So they were like, we can't show it. Okay, they don't show my pictures. They act like there was no wedding. And then this is the best part, which you're going to also relate to. Someone comes to the pool, 
a more popular pool person with black and white pictures from their daughter's wedding. That's hysterical. And suddenly they're like, it's in style. Isn't it crazy? Meanwhile, with my family, I'm always like, there's people dying everywhere. <laughs> there's people in a village fighting for a piece of rice. <laughs> so and true. you're worried about black and white pictures. It, ju- it makes me crazy. It's so ridiculous. And so the pictures finally made it to the pool. Because someone else's granddaughter had black and white pictures. Yeah. Jessica, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. One is hysterical. Yeah. Jessica executive produced a show on Hulu, Netflix, uh, FX. Was it FX or Hulu? Am I saying this wrong? It was FX and it, it made it to the South by Southwest festival. So it premiered there. Okay. And then it was on FX and now it's on FX on Hulu. It's an unbelievable documentary showing uh, what female comics go through and some of the struggles they face in their career because they're female. Can you tell us about the process and how you came up with it? Yeah. So it's a great story for anyone in the business because I just was, I, it was asked to do a five o'clock show at Stand Up New York, a comedy club in New York City. And I didn't want to do it. I was so not in the mood. And it was for all women for an advertising agency. And I went and did it. And then they met with me afterwards and they're like, you're so funny. We were thinking of putting together a film and using our brands And I was like, great. So I started meeting with them every week and talking about ideas. And it never panned out. In the meantime, met with a production company, uh, Campfire in L.A. that does documentaries. And then we went to FX, my manager and I and the production company, and they wanted it right away. And we ended up making the movie. We found a director and that was it. As someone who's worked in stand up, I I told Jessica I cried from it because... Mm -hmm. The stuff that we've gotten used to, just women in general in business and everywhere have gotten used to that you don't even think about, right? Like you don't think about, and they're all so talented and we all became so accustomed to one woman in a lineup, Yeah, which is ridiculous if you think about it. Yeah, Like some of my favorite comics are women. I grew up loving Lucille Ball and Carol Burnett. Rita mm-hmm. Rudner, mm-hmm. watching a, I, Ellen do a bit about an airplane, making friends on the airplane, and then strangers at baggage claim. I never thought, oh, they're women. I just thought, oh, they're funny, which is why the documentary is so important. It's been incredible. I, first of all, it's so ridiculous to say that women aren't funny, because if you go to the Comedy Cellar in New York City and you watch a lineup, I mean, the women kill. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it to just say, oh, women are funny because I'm agree. I mean, the response is huge. And really, I think it's some dumb thing that someone said years ago. I think it's men who are threatened by a powerful woman because humor equals power. Like, I realized at a very young age that being funny and making people laugh made me more powerful. I made more friends. I was the center of attention. Everyone wanted to hang out with me. It was a powerful thing to make people laugh. And people are threatened by that, men and women, not just men. It's like saying Jews are cheap. Like it is so, it's not true. A hundred percent. 
And yes, there are some who are. There are some women who aren't funny. But I, I've been saying this in all the interviews I've been doing. So I've been doing a ton of press. You go to a lineup and watch some, watch seven male comics on a show, and one will bomb after the next. It's horrible. Do, mm-hmm. Does anyone ever leave the show and go, men aren't funny? Never. I have never heard someone say men aren't funny. And they're not a lot of them. A lot are brilliant and amazing. Yes. But a lot of male comics are painful to watch. Painful. And so some men aren't funny. Some women aren't funny. Some mm-hmm. men are great. Some women are great. It's, so it's just this dumb thing. And it's become this story that has been created. And so people just believe it. And then they don't go, they don't go see women. And what we need to do and what we're doing, there's like this movement going on since the movie, which is incredible, is we need to get together because yes. no one's going to do it for us and demand yep. just more stage time, more money, more mm-hmm. everything. But we need to do it for each other because unfortunately, you know, the guys help the guys. Like you look at all these male comics with these huge podcasts and these huge careers and they take each other on the road and they help each other become millionaires. and. Mm-hmm. And get millions of followers. And we need to do the same thing. A hundred million percent. I've been very lucky in the sense that the friends I made in stand-up female comics, I've been lucky to call them my friends. They've been kind, supportive. And I love being with the women. Mm-hmm. You know, when there was like one other one in the room. But... um The talent level of so many yeah. of the women. I mean, it's laughable to me that there would just be one woman on the show, other terms we've gotten way too familiar with. And I'm sure you know this term because I'm sure you've gone out and pitched shows is we're not looking for a female driven comedy. It's so crazy. You just said that because my friend who's a big producer who works for a major organization in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. who's been a producer on many, many, many shows who is in business with another huge producer, they went out to pitch a show about female comics and, and everywhere they went, they said, we already have a female driven show. We already have a female driven. I mean, I just had this conversation yesterday because they came to me and said, do you want to get involved with this? And I said, yes, because it's, it. How, why is that okay to say? And it's so crazy because first of all, this was before the, the Time's Up movement, right? But there was one network who I'm not going to say, but you will know who it, it is. And they're like, we cater to men 18. I know exactly. To, who, right. I mean, they said it to so, me 10 times. Exactly. And so the craziest thing about that is one of their most successful shows is when they had a female comic on. I know. It was a, and it still was like, oh, well, now we have a female comic. Um, we, you well, never, st- they're doing now. I mean, you know, it's not going to work. I, I mean, I do think that has changed and they are realizing that the female driven shows do well, Yeah, right? that a lot of women do watch TV and it's yeah. ridiculous. And a lot of men are fans of mine. Like it's so stupid. People always say your fan base is women. I'm like, no, if you look at the numbers, it's like 60, 40, it's pretty split. Yeah, I know. And so, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you're hilarious no matter what the the gender. And so it's just so crazy watching that documentary. I actually remember, and this is a story that came up for me when I was watching the documentary and I thought, oh my God, at the time, and even now it hadn't occurred to me, but very early on, one of my first shows I ever did at Caroline's, there was a, a male comic who I respect, who's very talented And I came off the stage and he was like, 
that was great. You did a great job. That was awesome. I'm like, thank you. And I really looked up to him and his, you know, advice he could give me. And he was like, the only thing is you can't go blue. And for those of you listening who don't know what that means, it's like, you can't go dirty, right? You can't be dirty because you're an attractive girl. (laughs) And so it makes people uncomfortable. No, it makes him uncomfortable. Exactly. And you know what my response was though? At the time I was like, Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. And I took the advice thinking it was like from the Torah and I was like, oh my God, okay, I won't. And the thing is, I'm not even a dirty comic. Like that's yeah. not my thing. But I made one joke. I think about masturbating, but it didn't even occur to me until mm-hmm. I watched that documentary. Yeah, like, I know. That I took that guy's advice and I removed that joke that I liked from yeah. my set. Yep. I know it's really, it's interesting. It's like when I do edgy stuff or say sexual stuff, you know, there's always a guy in the audience who go, Jesus, like, and I'm like, why are you doing that? Are you uncomfortable? Am I scaring you? Am I making you uncomfortable? I address it. Yeah, good. Don't silence me. Don't try. No, don't try. Not, not, you're not going to silence me, but don't even try to silence me. Right. I'm going to say it more. If right. it's making you uncomfortable. And, you know, I love when it's usually male comics who have advice for female comics and like to tell us what we should and shouldn't say. And it's just so interesting to me. I mean, they really want us to be quiet. I mean, if you watch the movie, the whole Kelly Bachman thing is in there with the Harvey Weinstein thing, the videos in there. And if you listen, there's a guy in the background when she's talking about rape and stuff, screaming, shut up. You know, he's trying to shut her up and there's women saying, stop. And, and I'm like, boy, is this not society? This one scene in a movie is literally what's going on in our society. It's like, shut up. Don't say anything. Be a good girl. Be be feminine. Be. It's like, no, don't tell me who to be, how to be. Don't tell me what to say. And we need to just keep sticking together and being strong. I mean, one of the most disappointing things to me is when women turn on each other. Yeah. There's a lot of guys, girls out there, you know, it's like they side with the men they don't stick with their sisters. They, they like, you know, they make things harder and worse for us. And I just, I love it when women stick together and really just become an army. And like, we are the ones who have to change things together. This guy asked me out and he was like, you know, I don't think female comics are funny, but you're funny. Yeah, that's a dumb thing to say to someone. Like, I was like, what is this guy thinking? Like, who yeah. says that to someone? And a lot of a people. A lot of people. A lot of men. A lot of men it. tell me they don't think women comics are funny. I want to tell every woman that's listening to this, try to find a guy who, who wants to be with a funny woman. That's a real strong guy. Yes, man. it is. That's a great guy. That's a guy who is really secure with himself who is, is a good person to be with because a man who is threatened, someone who says, I don't laugh at women. I don't find women funny is threatened by a woman's power because again, humor 
a funny woman is powerful. A hundred percent. A lot of men love funny women. They look for a funny woman. That's what they're looking for in a relationship. They love being with a woman who makes them laugh. And then there's a lot who have to be the funny one who can handle being with someone who's going to be funnier than them. And I'm telling you, run. A hundred percent. Run from a guy like that. Uh, I think it is so hot when a guy can appreciate what I'm doing and thinks that it's hot. You know, I haven't come across it because I don't obviously date people who would say women aren't funny. The guys that I date think women are funny. Um, But it is just such a wake up call, that documentary. And I don't think people realize what some of these big female comics have gone through. Like, I just don't, I don't think they realize what they've gone through. I mean, I just want to say like, bravo to your project. Everyone should watch it. Everyone should watch it. Because no matter what, I've had so many friends who are in other career, like other jobs Mm -hmm. and have like my friend who's a lawyer, people, they're like, I have gone through the exact, like everyone relates to it in some way or another. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a comic to relate to this. This is literally what most of us go through. There have been so many times where men have said inappropriate things to me or done inappropriate things. And I didn't think twice about it. You just become used to it. Yes. Some of it I remembered when we were filming the movie or when I saw the movie, I'm like, oh my God, this happened or that happened or someone. I was like, oh, I thought that was okay. It's not okay. That's why it was so amazing. Cause I was like, holy shit, that guy told me to remove my joke. Cause I couldn't say it. And at the time I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Like thinking he knew something that I didn't know. There's always going to be people who don't like us. There's always going to be people who don't get us. I mean, I look at my comments on my videos sometimes and it's like, you're brilliant. You're brilliant. brilliant. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. This is the most unfunny thing. You should kill yourself. Uh, The things that the the, the difference is because comedy is so subjective. We're not going to make everyone laugh and not everyone's going to love us. And that's part of putting it out there. And that's part of why it's so hard. I mean, this is a very vulnerable thing to do. You're standing on stage alone. You're traveling alone for the most part. You're saying your most deepest, darkest stuff. You're making fun of yourself. You're making, you know, and and it's, it's a tough business. It's a tough business, but you are so gifted. And your crowd work, to me, that is the craziest skill, how you can just go to town on the crowd. That is the piece that I'm just like, it's so quick on your feet. It's unbelievable. Well, you know how that happened Uh, years ago. I'm so grateful. Joy Behar, this was years ago. She saw me in an off-Broadway play and she loved what I did. And she's like, you should host a lot. Just keep hosting and talk to the crowd. It's great to do that. It'll help you. And I was like, okay. And I just started hosting all of these shows in bars and open mics and new talent shows. And it really helped me. I mean, because especially when you're on the road, it's like, I'm going to Oklahoma tomorrow and I have never been there and I don't even know what to expect. And I have this gift now after years of doing crowd work that if it doesn't go well, I don't know what to do. I can at least know, be comfortable with talking to the crowd. Yeah, totally. Because it's a way out. It is a way out. If it's not going well, at least, you know. I'll have a way of getting out. I was, I just, before you came on here, I was watching that clip from Comedy Central. I wrote to you, you have to put that on your IGTV because I need to share that with everybody. (laughs) 
when you performed for the grandparents at the old age home or whatever it was. And you said, my grandmother brought her friends. Yes. And you, the best thing is you're like somewhere on Gurney's, some had passed. Oh, it's on my, it's on my Instagram. You can find that. Oh my God. When you said that some had passed, I was dead. (laughs) I was deceased. I know that assisted living walk. How everyone's like coming into the dining room and there's like, they're like, what is that chair there for? Like, yeah, well, you're there. It's an eight o'clock show and they get there at 2 p.m. <laughs> to find seats. <laughs> and if you sit back, st- sometimes I go early just to hear them. They're like, Norman needs to sit on the end seat. <laughs> you can't sit on the end seat. Dolores has stomach problems. Like they're just, and you like, where's the girl going to sit? I don't know. Who cares where she uh-huh. sits? Just sit on the floor. It's so accurate. It is so I know that's why we're familiar. We grew up around the same thing. It's the same thing. It is. It's so. I can't. And when the thing you said about when they just scream out their thoughts, like this isn't funny. Why is that funny? Like they heckle more than anyone. (laughs) Who is this? Who hired her? This isn't funny. I'm like, could you keep it to yourself? This is a lot. I can't even. I I can't because. And my grandparents were, as I'm, as I'm sure yours were, the most loving Jewish grandparents. Yeah, but the of things course. they say, like, you look sick, you should put makeup on. I was like I 11. Always. I was like 10. And they're like, <laughs> just a little rouge. Oh, the rest was my mother. My grandmother would take me to like Saks or Lord and Taylor. And she'd be like, where's the section for the heavy children? <laughs> no, no. I mean, and it would always be right next to the, the restaurant. Did you notice that? <laughs> You're so right. I'm dead. She'd buy me like, and it would, I'd have to buy like a bathing suit with like an African because that's like the only thing. It would look like a tablecloth. And then she'd be like, let's go get lunch after. You're not eating a lot because look what. You couldn't even fit into the bathing suits. Like, I'm dead. I know. They would tell it's, me because I had, I have a lot of hair, and they would say to me, you look like a lion. Like do something. Yeah, it's always an insult. You look but like a lion. They, they mean to be loving. They mean right. to be loving, but I look like a lion. I looked like I was sick. I looked like I always look sick. And yeah, <laughs> it was, you could use a little makeup. You have such a pretty face. I you can't. just you look exhausted. Exhausted, right? Why do you always look yeah. so tired? Why? I'm like, because I'm around you. You're exhausted. <laughs> Wait, and I sucked my thumb by the way till I was like last year, and. <laughs> <laughs> And my grandfather would walk around like literally I gave birth to my son, Jessica, and I still suck my thumb. And my ex-husband was like, would look at me like you're terrible. And that's when I was like, okay, it's embarrassing now. But my, my grandfather would walk around like, oh, your face is going to, like, he was like, it would be like, he would imitate what my face would look like. Cause I was going to push my, yeah. My dad would mock me like that. It's so abusive. (laughs) And they loved us so much. I know my dad would be, what's with the puss? The puss on your feet. Like he would always like mimic. I'm like, you're, you're really, you're making me fatter. Just so you know. Every time I'm around you, all I'm going to do is eat. I literally can't. I love it. Oh my God, Jessica, you're so good. I'm so sad you have to go. Like I wish again, I could keep you locked up in my, I'm in New York. Oh my God, we have to get together. Please. I'll get together with Please. you. I'm, I'm going to be in the city all the okay, time. Okay, yeah. I will lock you in the room like misery. Yeah, good. Um, I said I to you, I, want to get out of the house. I am so grateful that you came on and took the time, Jessica. You are, of course. everyone needs to follow Jessica. And are you, 
is live comedy is coming back now. I've been doing the cellar. That's what I said. You got to meet oh me there. Oh my God. I would tonight. love yeah. to come see you there. Yeah, I was there last night, the night before. I, is I'm, it like I'm a lower capacity? Are you behind? Is yes, a thing of plexiglass? Yes. Are you? They have. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in a phone booth. It's a lot. <laughs> But it's a 33% capacity and meet me there. We'll have a bite and you'll come to the show. Literally anytime. Any time. You are so talented. Tell everyone how they can find you, stalk you, like just be a part of it. Anything you want to plug, go for it. Well, I have a, I have two, you can check out relatively same. Which is amazing. You must. Yeah. And then it's all on my website. And then I have Disgusting Hawk, which is on YouTube, which you should watch because I do all characters. I've been watching. I've been watching on, I love, I saw saw one with Dan Soder the other day. Oh yeah. It's on YouTube. And then on my Instagram, I have a ton of stuff, Jesse Kirsten. And then my website is JessicaKirsten.com, which has all my upcoming dates because I am on the road. Okay, great. Amazing. I love it. And everyone must watch hysterical you could see it on fx or hulu it's a must watch Mm -hmm. it should be taught in school it should be i'm not even kidding like i'm not even kidding thank you the reviews are insane it's insane it's amazing it's insane i literally i i had like a weird reaction it was like uncomfortable i was like i think i'm like gonna cry yeah a lot of people well every woman who's in comedy has cried yeah i mean it's very Familiar. So good. So good. Jessica, you are the best. Thank you for everything you do and keeping us laughing during this insane. You are. And I'm going to, I'll see you come by next. I'll be at your house in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Social Studies with Jenna Kingsley. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a five star review on podcast. If you want to stalk me, you can do that on Instagram at Jenna Kingsley. You can visit my website, jennakingsley.com. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Jenna Kingsley. If you have a topic you think we should cover, you can slide into the DMs or send me an email. Have a great week and I will speak to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.